Getting a minute ahead of time. Lock or behind. Radio. Ahead? Yeah, me too. I don't know. Not right. Mm. Hmm. Now we gotta wait a minute for the intro. Right. It's playing. Is it? I don't hear it. You can't. You don't? Uh, no. That's weird. It's on. Really? I don't hear it at all. I don't hear anything. Well, I'll let you know. Okay. That's strange. It's not. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking over it. Yeah, here we are talking. <laughs> All about what and, is on. Here's Ron. There you go. And they're applauding. Yay! They are applauding. Oh, thank you, Buster. You can't hear that. I don't know. I <laughs> you can hear them, but they're applauding for you. Well, thank Hold you. On, let me Busty. take my microphone and pick it up. Oh, maybe I won't. It's too late. I could have too played late. it over the. Uh, oh, let me turn the transition here. I could have played it over the. Uh, Headphones to you, but uh, yeah, well, that was oh. not cool. That's, no, uh, then you said it wasn't uh, on last week when it was when I heard it here. Yeah, I don't know. That's strange, yeah. uh, and I'm hearing yeah, I don't stuff. Know why it's not. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to figure uh, something out here. See how this is hooked up. Uh, that's, uh, that's odd. Well, let me. Oh, I see what the problem is. It's, uh-huh. no, it's on. Uh, it's on my connection to. Uh, and I have to figure out how that was hooked up. Oh, three. Hold on. Line three. Can you still hear me? Yes. Uh, hold on. So you can hear me. Blah blah blah. Yes. Get over here. And see if you hear this. Now there it is. Okay. Do you yeah, want me to play it again? <laughs> no, no, that's that's okay. I, I I pretty much know what it says. So, <laughs> well, I, bet, I bet it was quiet for Blog Talk Radio people also because uh, I I don't know. I I heard it. Facebook heard it. Twitch heard it. I have no idea. Anyway, but Blog Talk Radio is quiet for them also. But it, we're it, on, and it we're on. All right, yeah. welcome. Mike's back this week. I'm here this week. Everybody's here this week. You got you know the. We don't have a guest, but we got some stuff to talk about. And well, the, I, speaking of Twitch, I saw Cloud Radio or Cloud something. You aware of that? It's Cloud it's like, Radio. Yeah, it's like it's the, you can go through, and it's another streaming service that you can put hmm. things on. Yeah. Uh, programs and stuff like this cloud i don't know i can't i was going to write it down and it disappeared before i had a chance to write it down but it's uh something with the cloud that does streaming stuff just like twitch and uh all the others that we we use or have used yeah check check and see if there's something there i I don't know another avenue (laughs) yeah yeah i i don't know i don't know what it you know but there you go. So here we are on Thursday, September 24, 2020 at 7.03 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. If you want to call in, don't message us. And we can, Michael, monitor it and we can get back to you or we can talk to you through messaging and if you're not live with us then don't because we're not here and see what else um oh if you can't hear us now yeah really (laughs) another thing too that uh i decided that this for the next six weeks or seven weeks, however long it is, until the election. This will be an, an election-free spot. We won't have any ads. We won't talk about any candidate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. We're nothing, nothing at all. I just, I don't know about anybody else out there, but I am already so sick 
of all the ads and all the stuff that's going on and everything. One way or the other, it makes no difference. I'm sick of it. So All About Wine will be a election-free zone uh, when it comes to any type of information about the election. We will not be commenting, and we will not be campaigning, and we will not be doing anything. So just to let everybody know that, it's it's done. So, All right. So what else is going on? Nothing. I got a few wineries that have sent me information and stuff that I want to share with you. Henry River. Here we go. This is our first one. Henry River. They are located in, well, Henry River has been talked about quite a bit, but they are located in South Carolina, Newberry, South Carolina. And they are open for tastings. They do have COVID policies and event rules and everything else, social distancing and everything going on. But you can still go visit them. Uh, They have Sangria Wine Slushy every Thursday through Sunday. Uh, They also have their first fall Unpack the Porch Wine and Music event, free admission. That's 927. That's this Sunday from 2 to 6. So if you are in South Carolina, I don't know if the leaves are changing in South Carolina yet or not. By this weekend, has it came that far south yet? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I don't. I want to say I don't think so. I think it might be a little bit early there. But uh, they have uh, Thursday through Saturday, noon to six, and then Sunday two to six. They have uh, pickup and visiting and uh, purchasing hours and all that. You can uh, purchase your wines online or in person. All uh, normal winery hours are Thursday through Saturday, noon to six, and Sunday two to six for take home or purchase by the bottle to enjoy outside and stuff. So lots of stuff going on in Henry river. Uh, the, like I say, the music is coming up this, this weekend. They have their Newberry harvest festival, which is on October the 10th, Saturday, October the 10th, 1030 to six. It uh, pre-sale tickets online at $5 off adult tickets. Uh, use the code early bird. I don't know what the cost is because it doesn't say here what the tickets are, but it's an all-day event. Again, I think by October 10th, you're going to get the leaves changing in South Carolina. So that would be a good time to make a trip there if you're on the East Coast of the United States or you want to get out for a while and spread your wings after your COVID shutdown. This is a good opportunity to do it. They do practice the all the suggested rules for COVID. So, and then the wine slushies and all sorts of stuff. Uh, no, it still doesn't. I thought I saw the ticket price here, but $5 off the uh, Newberry Harvest Festival tickets. If you go online and book early and use the code early bird and save you five bucks. So October 10th, that's coming up at uh, Henry River. Uh, they are, like I say, Newberry, South Carolina. And let's see. I know we've got some other wineries to talk about here. Let me let me find them and tell you about them. Ones that I've ran across. No, 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 no. Oh, Ron Rubin Winery. If you're not signed up for the Ron Rubin Winery e-letter, uh, monthly e-letter, it's interesting and informative. Uh, Joe Freeman is winemaker for Ron Rubin Winery, which is located in the Russian River Valley. And uh, the Green Valley, Russian River Valley, Joe's Tasting Notes, he comes out with those. It's Sonoma, actually, is, is where you are. I, I say that thing. It's Sonoma in California. But interesting e-letter Every month, he talks about uh, the harvest and what's going on. Always posts some pictures. Last one I got from him though says three of the past four years have been significant wildfire activity. Uh, these are the months that they normally associate with harvest during uh, August, September, October. 
says as he wrote this one, it, there was a haze that can be seen. And he has a couple of pictures that shows how the haze is hanging out there. So and the smell of smoke is in the air. Uh, the Wallbridge fire was still burning, and it was about two miles away from the winery. So they were getting a lot of it, and he said getting the uh, patrols and everything. Evacuation from some of the people along around the area and all that was going on. And so it was something that uh, he was uh, he was mentioning there. And then Ed Cooper. Uh, Ed's Cooper's notes uh, talk about the barrels and stuff. And there's some interesting pictures about the barrels and what they look like, dried out barrels and fresh barrels. And then talks about the barrels cleaning system, how they clean them and sanitize them for use again. Uh, I've had uh, questions about that. And this is, pretty much sums it up. It tells you all about it and what they do and how they prepare them for the next balling. It's a five-step process that they use on every one of the barrels. They happen to have 503 barrels that they uh, do the process on, but someone used to have quite a bit, and all of them go through basically, basically the same type of cleaning and sanitizing and all that, uh, just to be sure everything's where it's supposed to be on the uh, barrels so that they can fill them up again with a new harvest. So uh, if you like to sign up, it's uh, it's a good, interesting thing. They're located in Sebastopol, California, Sonoma. Uh, you can sign up at orders at ronrubinwinery.com. I think that's what that's going to do is to get you to the site. Then you can sign up for their e-letter, uh, Joe's, Joe Freeman's e-letter on uh, winemaking notes, I think he calls it. An interesting thing, but some good uh, good information. If you like following about wine and stuff, some very good information there. Okay. Uh, Tablas Creek is another one that, you really should be falling too. This is the blog from Tablas Creek, and they are located in Massachusetts, and which gives you a really good perspective to see the two sides of the country and how they are harvesting and developing, and how the grapes, you know, get ready on each side of the country in different areas. And it's got a lot of information on both of them. The uh, one from uh, Tablas Creek is really a interesting one. It tells it goes into a lot more detail, a little bit more stuff on it and all that. But it's got some really informative things uh, along with pictures. And then they also have a link to some more recent articles and stuff. So that one is, uh, they're located on Boston Post Road in Sudbury, Massachusetts, S-U-D-B-U-R-Y, Sudbury. I believe it's pronounced Sudbury, but when you get up to that part of the country, sometimes they pronounce their names differently. Info at tabletscreek.com, and that will, and then you can sign up for the blog, uh, blog Tablas Creek. Interesting stuff, very, very interesting stuff there. So something to something to keep in mind. Castle Ridge Winery, uh, one of our friends there. They're located in Iowa, uh, southern Iowa, southeast, actually, Iowa. Uh, and, well, the town is actually Layton, uh, Layton, but they're, well, middle of nowhere, more than anything, close to Oskaloosa, uh, north east or northwest of Eddyville, uh, and you might know Eddyville if you're a race car fan. There's a big racetrack in Eddyville. But uh, they're southeast of Des Moines. So it gives you a little bit more perspective since you probably don't know what those little towns are. They can ship to Iowa, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Minnesota, Missouri, Texas, and D.C. So those are the areas that they can ship to. They have seller activities going on. This is harvest time and everything. 2020 harvest is done right now. They have the uh, 
cherry pizza with white and semi-sweet chocolate drizzle that's available at the winery. Uh, it is a uh, fruit uh, cherry pizza. Uh, I didn't have a chance to taste that when I was there, but oh my gosh, that sounds so good. And lots of stuff going on. Castle Ridge, they got a bunch of wines. Their wines tend to be a little bit more on the sweeter side, but uh, there are some uh, nice, nice wines there. So if you want to get a hold of them, info at tasselridge.com, T-A-S-S-E-L, W-E-L, no W, R-I-D-G-E, Tassel Ridge, and that'll sign you up for them. Whispering Oaks, there's another one of our friends. They are located north of us here and west of Gainesville and Ocala and Orlando, that area there. They got quite a bit coming up there. Looking forward to October and the concerts in October, they're saying. They have quite a few concerts scheduled throughout the month of October. And live music and food and wines and all sorts of stuff. Uh, the winemaker there, a very nice guy, uh, traveled quite extensively around uh, different parts of the world, checking out different types of wines and styles and stuff. They have steak night on Saturday night. It is uh, uh, $29.50 per person, but does not include gratuity, tax, or alcohol, but it's got quite a quite a menu there and a great location that does require reservations but then coming up they have uh uh let's see today's uh already 24th so the tomorrow uh 25th they have mike webb musicians 26th they have another one uh well, two of them on the 26th, and then 27th, they have another musician, Richie Q. So all sorts of stuff happening this weekend and every weekend. They also have yoga there. I don't know if they have the goats join them or not. Uh, it doesn't say, but $15 per person includes a glass of uh, wine or beer of your choice, plus the class, the yoga class. And uh, so that's happening. And they're also open for events and stuff, larger events. Winesofflorida.com, www.winesofflorida.com. They're located in Oxford, Florida, which is just just west of I-75 in northern Florida. Well, not northern, central Florida, I think would be a better description central florida but that's whispering oaks winery and let's see i thought i had one more winery here that i had say to talk about uh guess not but all right i don't so i will so that's it if you are a winery if you own a winery if you are a an affiliate of a winery and you would like to send me your e-letter i will mention events coming up and all that but probably should charge for it but that's you know that's where we probably could get a little bit of income to pay for some of our costs but hey you know if you have a winery that's what we are and so let me know, and I'll add you to our list of stuff here of things that are going on. Okay. Sonoma. I just mentioned Sonoma. I found this, and I just wanted to mention, back when the fires were hitting Sonoma, a few wineries actually were evacuated, and they were told to evacuate. I found this list here of the ones that were. And the big one of the ones that were asked to evacuate was Corbell. Corbell is uh, located in Guerneville, uh, um, California. They do basically sparkling wines. Uh, no thanks. A pop-up on me here. And so they they were asked to evacuate uh the uh, e- the east of Guerneville was uh, ordered to evacuate uh, back at the beginning of uh, well 
second week of August because of the fires. So Corvell, Corvell did some serious evacuation. There was not a problem with loss of electricity because they had backup generators that was turned on in place so that everything can continue to be taken care of as needed around the winery. John Boucher of Boucher Wines, also his winery was asked to be evacuated. They were six miles uh, from the ridge where the fire was, and it was blowing toward them, although they did escape any damage. Uh, Chapelette Winery was also part of the evacuation in the area there. Uh, no damage, no anything, no no fire, but they were asked. Wineries uh, Nicholini and Culito also were a couple more that were in the evacuation zone. They were along the Silverado Trail east area towards Solano County. The uh, There was picking around that time there. Uh, and uh, they were doing some harvesting and stuff, and the tonnage was, you know, getting in. Uh, the storms, the heat wave and storms and all that that hit the area stoked a lot of the fears because of the lightning and all that. But, you know, they all said that they recovered well and everything turned out okay. That was that was some time ago, but I saw that, and I never saw a list of what wineries were evacuated from that, but those were the were the ones that were asked to evacuate in that area. Online sales have peaked, well, not peaked, soared. We don't know if it's peaked yet or not. Online sales have soared during the pandemic. You knew that, though, didn't you? Because you ordered some wines yourself online. It says that because the world being shut down, it, the direct-to-consumer wine club, Wink, uh, I believe it's pronounced that way, W-I-N-C, Wink, Wince, Wink, I think it is, saw an unprecedented 578% increase in new member signups week over week with 20,000 new members since the start of the pandemic. Wow. I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with Wink, W-I-N-C. I, I don't know what that is. I have to look that up. But they, in fact, let me make a note of that so I can do A-N-C. Uh, they uh, said that uh, off-premise wine sales in the U.S. are up 27.6% across the board. Uh, much of it's fueled by the panic buying and a shift in the channels and People want wine, afraid they're not going to get it, and all that stuff, and so therefore it's selling a lot. Uh, the, they said it should start slowing down, but it isn't. June showed a 45% increase. Uh, April was 33%. June showed a 45% increase. July was up almost 50%. Uh, and uh, global wine sales. For July was up 17%, but in the United States, it was outrageously high. So it's an amazing amount of online wine sales or off-premise uh, wine sales, direct-to-consumer, uh, however you want to label it. 2020 quarter two was the strongest quarter ever. April, May, and June saw growth of 157%, and 140% uh, monthly year over year. And uh, it's it just, it's going crazy. Now the question is, is this going to continue? Is this going to be the new standard for getting wines? Is it going to do it? I tend to think no tend to think no simply because during the pandemic wineries were offering free shipping with certain amount of sales numbers they were offering special discounts uh, if you buy this you get this and they were doing everything they can to try to move product and all that because they want the product just to sit there and so things were being done to keep it going and keep it flowing 
now that it's opening up a little bit more and restaurants are starting to come back, excuse me, restaurants are starting to come back, bars are starting to open up a little bit, tasting rooms are starting to open up, I think this online sales is going to start slowing down. It's going to start dropping. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to stop or go back to pre-pandemic levels, uh, 2019 levels. I don't see that happening at all simply because people have found the convenience of it. And because of the convenience of ordering online, and having your doorbell ring and there's your wine sitting on your front stoop. It's just too easy, too easy to get the wines you want. Now, if you have a favorite winery or something like that, that's a great way to do it. But again, the discounts aren't there. The the free shipping isn't there and all. So that's going to make a difference. But with the restaurants opening and bars opening and taste rooms opening, the wineries don't need to offer this stuff anymore because they maybe, hopefully, will have their outlets, their areas that they can sell to. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. I mean, the restaurant diners be willing to pay two times markup on bottles where they can get it delivered to the door? Yeah, probably. I would say so, yes, but simply because when you're out at a restaurant and they have your your wine setting on the list of wines available, ordering myself something that I like from this restaurant and I have a wine that goes with it, I'm going to order it. I mean, it's even if it is two-time markup, it's not going to help me if I have it sitting at home on my wine rack. So it's, I think it's going to continue to, sales are going to continue to be up there, but the, the channels of the sales are going to be different. It's not going to be the online sales like it was. It's not going to be the uh, tremendous growth, but it's going to be there. It's going to be <clears throat> wine's going to be available uh, online, and people will still order online, but it's not going to be like it was during the full-scale pandemic. We're still going to see see it happen, but if people can get out, I guarantee you they're going to get out and they're going to buy their wines out and all that. So there you go. You had another idea? Yeah. Email me. I'm sorry. You mentioned uh, Wink, and I, I vaguely remember some hearing about them a long time ago, and this is basically what I can remember. Let me go back to the page. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wink, um, Stricken from my memory, uh, Wink was founded in 2012 by Xander Oxman and Jeff McFarlane uh, because of a shared belief that wine should be more accessible, simpler to get, and easier to enjoy. This is strictly from memory. I'm not reading this. I, I, um, I understand that. Yeah. Can't tell. Can't tell. <laughs> they joined forces with <laughs> winemaker and uh, yeah, Brian Smith to build a personalized wine club that has quickly grown into Wink, I guess that's how you say it, or Wink, Wink, a California-based winery offering an online membership experience with wines that are featured at select retailers and restaurants nationwide. Wink is a thriving community of hundreds of thousands of wine lovers that is growing every day, and you can follow them at W-I-N-C on uh, Instagram, it looks like, or visit the website www.winc.com. Um, I just went to, you know, to get started or whatever, and, and you put in your zip code and it says, yes, we can ship to you. And then you go from there. What are you, it's kind of like a questionnaire answer six questions to help uh, assess your unique taste. And you go into recommendations. Uh, you can view the rating and then you go from there and uh, never pay for a bottle you don't like. Um, you can skip a month, but it's, it's a subscription based and, uh, um, I don't know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a new thing on this, but they have a, a really a big selection of wines to choose from. There's, there's all kinds and 
varietals and regions you can order from and just uh it's kind of interesting how you can how you can select what what you're interested in but um buy four bottles and get twenty dollars off so interesting yeah there's quite a bit to it but uh they they do have a pretty good website and a lot of uh, offerings there for sure so but that's i just remembered that when you brought it up i said wow i've heard of them let me see if i can recall that from memory um, That's good. And I even remember the one. Oh yeah, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, uh, yeah still work. <laughs> that's, that's that's that. I know it's always good. I mean, you, your memory amazes me at times. The, the detail too, and that's that's what's so good about Thank you. having Thank you sit there and you know bring that stuff up and all. Um, wink. I you know it's you know, twenty twelve. You said sure. yeah, since uh, twenty twelve, and and I I thought maybe it was like you know some of these other clubs that they'll package other manufacturer or, or what do you call them uh, other other wineries other vineyards together and right. put it in a box and send it i thought it was one of those but it looks like um you know they're a a vineyard a producer uh, i can't see anything on the label that's what it looks like don't they I did not see anything yet uh, from oh. a, of another label. It's different names. Like they have a a 2018 Matchlock uh, Cabernet. They have a Alma Libre Cabernet, uh, Cabernet. But if you're selecting a region, then yeah, it should be from. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure these have, are different. Uh, they have to but be. The, yeah. the, I don't see any anything as far as. Um, I'm looking for something that maybe I could understand, but that'll be something you go, you can look out and go, Oh, wait, that is a different, uh, yeah. yeah. But the labels are very plain. Some of them are really plain and just, you know, it might be know, worth some... me sending them an email and seeing if I can't get one of those two guys on the mm-hmm. show. I mean, they would probably yeah. love to come on and talk about, you know, the, well, I think we should just cold call him right now. <laughs> just right now. Just pick up his phone and say, hey, we were just talking you? about you. Who are you? And why? how did yeah, you get this number? <laughs> yeah. 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 Since the answer yeah. say, you're on the air. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Telemarketers or sales calls. If I know that they're from sales or something, I'll say, "Hey, you're calling number five. Who is this?" And they're like, "What? Wait, so, called into what? Uh, what? What? No, no. Do you own your home? Um, don't hear from them again. But uh, yeah. yeah, this is a. Uh, Interesting deal. I wonder how how much and there's a. Yeah. Let me let me follow up. I'll make my as you were talking. I'm making a note here, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe I can get a hold of them. I'll go to the website and uh, maybe we can get them get one of them on a, on the show. That would be fun. So, oh, oh very good. Winemakers. Okay, I see. So. All right. Yeah, I'm just looking at. Um, I'm just looking at the. They have winemaking partners, uh, relationships with independent winemakers and growers, allows uh, allow us to deliver even greater quality and diversity. And then it says, led by visionary winemaker Brian Smith, our wine team is passionate about two things: making great wine and sharing it with as many people as possible. Huh. So it does so, sound like a winery. It does, but I don't understand how. Yeah, we need to get somebody on there. Yeah, we do. That's we it. definitely do. Yeah. Okay. I don't know thanks. If I can not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for thanks for your your total recall there. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Strictly from memory. Um, yeah. I, total recall. I'm, we appreciate that. Yeah. So there you go. Wink. I'll see if I can. Yeah. W-I-N-C. And we'll see if I can't find something about that and follow up on it. But if y'all want to check it out, wink.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, you know, not Very a, 
not anything else. All right, very good. Oh, good, thank you. So online sales increasing probably won't be the big numbers we've seen in the past, but it will continue. I, I, I can almost guarantee you that. Okay. And let's see. This is interesting here. I, I, I'm not going to go through the whole article. It's quite a long article, actually. But it was interesting. It's um, biopotentials and electrode sensors to evaluate human sensory stimulation by wine aroma. And it just shows you a little bit about the article. But what it says here is that facial expressions can be monitored using electromography or EMG. This is done by attaching electrodes to specific locations on the face to measure facial muscle movement and EMG activity. These facial microexpressions can unconsciously display a concealed emotion. The corrugator supercelli muscles located in the forehead above the eyebrows convey facial expressions that can indicate disgust, worry, or concern. Zygomatic muscles located in the cheeks are muscles of facial expression that allow one to smile, a reaction that to certain stimuli. Skin conductance or electrodermal activity, EDA, varies based on sweat gland activation from different stimuli. Electrodes placed on the middle and ring fingers of the non dominant hand to record sweat response and skin conductance. Unpleasant odors can cause a rise in skin conductance. And electrocardiography, or ECG and EKG, is used to measure electrical signals and changes in heart activity with electrodes placed below the collarbone and near the ribcage. Unpleasant odors can trigger a rise in heart rate. And it says the electrodes and monitoring system are designed to wirelessly transmit data to a computer that records data and provides line graphs of the stimulus activity for each sensor, similar to an EKG graph. What they do with this is the researchers are then giving people different wines. And seeing what type of reactions are being presented unconsciously through these wines. They've demonstrated how sniffing different odors can affect the different responses and different graphic readouts. Uh, three aromas that were associated with wine were tested. They had vanilla, uh, and linalol, which is muscat-like, and box tree, which is cat urine. A strong wine odor was also tested, uh, or a strong wine odor was also tested, which was body odor. And they got responses through these probes, not through somebody saying, oh, well, this is this, I like this, or whatever. These are actually how the body reacted to these things. And each area of the body, which I just, uh, each area of the process I just read you through, you know, forehead and facial and heart and different things. And they're finding out what really is things that people like in wines as opposed to things that people say they like in wines because they're supposed to. I thought that was an interesting approach there. Uh they said they're particularly interested in the 10 to 15 seconds right after the, an aroma is sniffed, the initial stimuli. This is what really is usually overlooked. This is what is tested, and this is what is brought out in these sensors. Uh, the wine entry sensory impressions and reference often question individuals uh, after smelling and tasting a wine sample and say, well, what do you think of this and all that? And other factors were delayed. But with these responses, they were saying, okay, and it's just very basic, but it was also 
uh, able to give them an idea of really what a person's reaction is to each of these, through each of these stimuli to the wine that they were drinking. Uh, so, some of the questions that that they were looking to get answers is what which signals are reproducible? Which you know, if someone had themselves a great reaction if it showed on the chart, boy, that is really a good aroma and t- smell and taste and all that. Is that reproducible? Can you throw something or can you find something that's going to cause that to reproduce that same type of reaction? Also, a biopotential is susceptible to effects of different odorant concentrations. If it's too high or too low, is that going to affect people's reaction? And uh, signals indicated of acceptance or liking it is, you know, certain ones a uh, too strong but yet it's still liked and then you know you're looking for defects also uh, grape aromas cork taint different things interesting interesting study this is this is being done to try to discover what is actually the bottom line of what people like don't like not what they're supposed to like or what they say they like but this is actually the person's reaction to these different stimuli from wine, from a glass of wine. And it's just like the article goes into different things here and all that, but basically that's about it. And it's a very, very interesting study in the fact that they're finding certain things that helps understand what wine does to a person, how a person reacts to wine, and if they like it or not, just simply based on how the body reacts to it. So it was fun, fun, a fun study. Uh, if, uh, if this was done, oh, just beginning of the month. So this is a fairly recent study by Fresno State uh, Grape highlights uh, current research. So, uh, interesting stuff there. All right. Uh, let's see. What is this? Oh, this, I didn't know about this. I didn't know why I didn't hear about this. And I didn't know why nothing was ever said any more than what it was. But Rodney Strong Winery, located in Sonoma, Hillsburg, spilled wine and they spilled a lot of wine back in January of this year, January 22nd of this year. And it spilled into the Russian river. One of the largest wine spills in Sonoma County history, uh, according to California officials. And they're still, trying to decide fines and what to do with this. But the total amount spilled was approximately 97,000 gallons of red wine. 97,000 gallons of red wine. Wow. It was a 100,000-gallon tank. And it overwhelmed the facility's drainage systems, and it stained the ground and it poured into the nearby Rehum Creek, which flowed into the Russian River. A, is the uh, winery officials said they recovered as much as half of the wine by using a trash pump to temporarily impound the creek, while two vacuum trucks were used to siphon wine into a wastewater pond. But enough of it got downstream to make regulators stand up and take note. A sheriff's office helicopter crew took pictures of the spill down the creek, and uh, it's, they showed some pictures. It's quite noticeable. They did stain the ground and everything. I obviously can't show you the pictures. But it is uh, prolonged enforcement action. Under state statutes, Rodney Strong could face fines of either $10 per 1,000 gallons that were not contained or $10,000 for each day the violation occurred. 
I don't know what would be cheaper form because they said they contained quite a bit of it. It doesn't say how much was contained or wasn't contained or what happened. They did say that they did contain quite a bit of it, and that the total amount was 90, 97,000 gallons. Oh, my gosh, that's just every time I think about that, that's just unbelievable. Uh, they're looking at a $172,000 fine, and so that's how it sits right now. Maybe maybe more, maybe less. But as the fish and wildlife officials cannot be reached to uh, answer any questions about it, water board officials also ordered Rodney Strong to enact new procedures to minimize leaks and spills. Uh, in the aftermath, they hired an ongoing engineering firm to help alleviate the circumstances and implement measures to prevent any future such occurrences. So, I mean, yeah, okay. It, I'm sure they had those procedures in effect before. No winery wants to lose 97,000 gallons of wine. I mean, it's not like... So, <laughs> regulators noted that since samples were collected more than 24 hours after the accident, the results didn't necessarily reflect the full scale of any environmental damage. And also, higher flows in the river that day after recent rains in the area may have helped dilute the wine, and that could potentially minimize the harm to aquatic life and to the Russian River itself. So... But, you know, 97,000 gallons of wine were spilled. Even if they saved half of it, you're still looking at, what, 46, 47,000 uh, gallons that could have escaped. I mean, oh, my gosh. And like I say, no winery is going to want to lose that much. So I'm sure procedures were on on that, what probably happened more than anything else was a worker happened to open up a valve or open up a a door to one of the tanks or something like that, not realizing that it was a full tank and not an empty one, and it gushed out. And I'll, get, I'll tell you something. It happens more than what we realize, too. Wineries lose wine in different areas at different times, and it's sickening and heartbreaking because hey it's just money down the drain is what it is 97,000 gallons of wine you, you start figuring that a uh, gallon of wine is oh geez I forgot my my numbers now uh, one one gallon of wine is equal to Oh, geez, I can't, I can't remember. I, I've got a blank on, on that. But, you know, you're, you're looking at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases of wine there. And, you know, you, even in a minimum of, you know, uh, even say $5 a bottle, you're still looking at, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of, of wine lost. And then getting fined on top of it, it's just devastating. So, Rodney Strong. I just I just saw that. I didn't know about that spill back in January. That, that's just amazing that that happened. I didn't know about the spill back in January at all. All right. Ten wine and grill food pairings made for the porch. It's just a quick little thing here. If you're still grilling, like we here in Florida are, and they're saying that out west, I just saw a thing this evening on the weather report, local weather report, and they said it's supposed to be cooler than normal in the southeast and uh, eastern part of the United States over the next 14 days and warmer than normal west of the Rockies, west of Denver. So it's uh, going to be still grilling weather out there out west if you listen to us from there. And on the east coast, if you're in Florida, it's still grilling weather all year round, so that's something you can look forward to. But here's a few suggestive pairings that you can try. 
if you are so inclined. Hot dog with mustard and sauerkraut. Uh, Chicago dog, if you will. Grab your bottle of Riesling. Not your real sweet Riesling. Get yourself some dry Riesling, but dry Riesling with that. That should be a good combo. Corn on the cob, grilled corn, Chardonnay. And that's going to be good, too. Consider a nice aged oaked Chardonnay with a little bit of butteriness with that corn. Might give you a real nice combo there. Then, oysters. If you ever ever have you grilled oysters, they're great. You uh, shellfish uh, with uh, on the grill and put a little squeeze of lemon and oh my gosh, Albarino with that. And thing is, you're going to run out of oysters before you run out of wine because those go fast. <clears throat> yeah, I've always. I love that comment. Who was the first person who ever cracked open an oyster and saw that little wad of snot in there and says, ooh, that will become something good to eat? I mean, you know, really. So, Bratwurst. Pick yourself up a bottle of Austria's Zweigelt. That uh, will give you a nice balance to it. Uh, It has a little bit of zing, some acidity, and... You know, some of them have a little bit of effervescence, a little bit of spritz in it. But try that with a bratwurst. Bratwurst on the grill, that sounds good, too. Portobello mushroom steaks. Now, there's something that you really should be grilling if you haven't. And when you do a Pinot Noir, you're going to get that damp forest floor aroma from the Pinot Noir, and you're going to have it light enough that it'll go great with that portobello mushroom steaks. Wow, what a great combination. Beef kebabs, carmonere. Go and pick to the Chilean section of your local wine store and pick up the carmonere and pop off your peppers, tomatoes, onions, mushrooms, and beef off your screwer and just just enjoy. Cheeseburger, Sangiovese. Another good combination there. The high tannins in Sangiovese go well, regardless of how you want to cook that. Uh, how, how you want to cook that uh, meat, lean, rare, whatever, uh, it'll be good. Lambrusco Secco. What does that go well with? Try some grilled chicken. Take yourself chicken breast, throw it on there. Grill your chicken. A little bit of seasoning on it. Lambrusco Secco. The little bubbly in that will add some flavors and pizzazz, if you will, to that grilled chicken. Uh, and uh, the grill won't overpower it. Grilled salmon. I love salmon, and especially grilled salmon. It's fantastic. Sangiovese rosé. What a great combination that would be, too. That's, it will give you this, just enough acidity to cut through the heavier fish. But yet, it's got a little bit of spiciness and stuff that will open up the fish. Grilled steak, what else? Cabernet Sauvignon. We should even have to list that because it's so obvious that that will be the the next one on the list or the only one to have with that. So, uh, so there you go. There's... Uh, Wines to go with your food pairings. Uh, if you're going to be grilling any more this summer, there's some to go with that. And let's see. Oops, I lost that one there. Let's go back to this and let's see what we got here. A uh, couple, three more quick ones here. And oh, is that what we want? No, that's what we want. Uh, there are any strong wine spill? We talked about that. Genetic markers are the future for viticulture. Now this this caught my eye because we have talked about genetic markers in wine. We've talked about CRISPR. 
and what CRISPR is and how CRISPR. And then, uh, interesting, PBS just had an interesting program, an hour and a half program, a couple of weeks ago on NOVA, I believe it was, about genetic markers and CRISPR and how it, you know, helped people. And it went on into other stuff, too, and, you know, not not like, you know, programmable people or anything like that. But it just basically was telling the story. It says we're a long ways off from programmable people, if that ever does come about. But we have talked about CRISPR on the program and how it could help grapes get through certain things and how it could bring out certain traits in the grapes and how genetic markers. And a lot of grapes are wild in the wild they have crossbred and and mutated themselves that's a lot of our grapes we get that three four weeks ago we had a guest on that we were talking about pinot noir and how there's so many different types of pinot noir and how they mutate themselves and trying to find a a better version of themselves if they will and stuff like that but now they're looking at the possibilities of genetic markers holding the future to wine and wine grapes. What it said, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I like this little thing here to describe it to you. Imagine you're driving down the highway. You generally know where you want to go, but you have no roadmap to get there. You don't know how far you, your destination is or what exit to take. In essence, you're lost. Well, genetic markers are like exit signs on the road. They tell us where we are on the chromosome chart. So if it's a gene that controls great flavor or one that deals with disease resistance, you have a marker that, tell, a marker that tells you what gene is where you're not lost anymore. You discovered a way to find your way around those millions and millions of base pairs and get your genetic marker so you can sequence it. Now, what CRISPR does is it finds these areas that are bad and it replaces them with good genes. So, say you have a a DNA sequence and you have a grape that is good but it produces small berries you can clip out a little DNA section from a grape that produces bigger berries and feed it into the DNA of the one that produces smaller berries, and this DNA will go over and find the area that does it and attach itself to it and eliminate the small berry DNA and create the bigger berry DNA. It's not, it's not GMO. It's not genetically modified. It's DNAs are doing it. I guess it is modified, but it's not classified as genetically modified. So... There's all sorts of stuff in there on that stuff. So, But they're sending strange collector for DNA sequencing is being looked at closer and closer. And they're trying to find fungicide resistant or, uh, resistance. They're trying to find disease control. They're trying to find strains that would do all sorts of stuff in plants. So it's... Uh, a whole new field that is really starting to explode in the grape industry because it's being looked at a lot closer to improve the grapes. As the researchers say, a new technique will improve genetic transfer rates across grapevine species from 2%, which is what it was before, up to 92% now, which is like, yay, 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 over and over. Uh, Cornell University has developed this technique, and they said it will uh, help produce grapevine species. So 
as I find out anything, if I can find out anything more on this, this just came out. Uh, oh, this article came out yesterday, actually. This is how recent they they've released this information. And so, if I find out any more information about uh, the genetic markers and Cornell and the work they're doing, I will pass that on to you. But as of right now, that's all the information I have on it. So. There you go. That's our show for tonight. And Mike's over there frantically writing everything down and getting everything taken care of and all that. Always always there. I had the mute button on. I forgot the mute button on the microphone. Um, I was just going to say that I remember vaguely from my memory that there are five bottles and a gallon of wine and that 97,000 gallons roughly uh, comes out to 485,000 bottles of food and wine reported 500,000 bottles of wine um, were lost uh, at least in that uh, bill in the Russian river. That's enough to fill an Olympic size swimming pool. Oh my God. Yeah. That is a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. uh, They they reported 500,000 bottles is what it comes out to. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's just, oh, whoa. my gosh. 500,000 bottles, too much. Uh, yeah, uh, 500,000 bottles. I mean, you know, it's just it, it, a dollar a bottle. That's $500,000. I mean, you know, and you know they don't sell it for a dollar a bottle. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. That's, you know, half a million bottles of wine. And even if you, you know, even going cheap as you can, and say six dollars a bottle, you're still looking at three million dollars or more. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's that was not long. good at all. Not good at all. I, I not, couldn't couldn't understand the fines and all that. It's not like a nuclear spill, or it's or it's you know, um, you know, uh, human waste or something like that. But then I start thinking, well. You know, if it's alcohol or it was from a blending tank. So I don't know if is alcohol going on at that point. Uh, you know, I don't know what, what the Usually not. The I mean, blending is just, you know, you take a little bit of this, you blend it with that to get your wine that you're yeah. going to bottle. I mean, you know, everything's pretty much done but by that ha- point. Okay. So it, it does have the alcohol content then. Yeah, is it that, does. What you're, but, yeah. Okay. But thinking if it was non-alcoholed at that point if it was just grape juice i don't see what the big deal is but you know talking no, about I, finding them that i guess there is some some somewhat of an impact so um but yeah i don't i don't know i was just i don't know there's, no, just, there's not chemicals or it's not like you know bleach or something like that that would that's be that's right I could see something. Yeah. so many other things that but, could be that i mean you know, and they said yeah. that the water was up so it dissipated very quickly and they see no damage <laughs> to the aquatic life yeah. and so you know i don't know it uh, well that's, uh, seems yeah, that was pretty bad, a little extreme we'll but hey mm-hmm. right. yeah who are we we're just in florida we're, we're just <laughs> oh, no. you know, just reporting it that's all that's on just reporting okay. it we don't make the rules we will. Yeah. nope we will keep our comments to ourselves but that was wrong I, oh, that I mean, was uh, wrong <laughs> I can't say that's not right. (laughs) And that that was Rodney Strong, too. Rodney Strong's a big, big, big winery. Okay, now, Mm -hmm. that switches over. All those smaller wineries aren't going to have 100,000-gallon tanks, obviously. But let's switch it over to a smaller winery and say half the size, uh, you know, 50,000-gallon tank. And they spilled that one. Well, number one, it would devastate their bottom line for the year because there goes that wine. And secondly, do they find them the same amount or is that a prorated thing on the size of wineries? Because so many taxes and so many things are based on the size of the winery, not just mm. the winery itself. So I don't know. I just I'm, you, I think they're being fined on the the impact to the environment. So if it's whether it's 97,000 gallons from, you know, Rodney strong or 97,000 from, uh, uh, I don't know, Gallo or somebody else, you know, some big producer, 
it's still the same thing. But, yeah, but that's true. Yeah. No being fines would hurt a smaller winery. Of course, having to pay all those fines, it would yeah, you know, out of business. Yeah, more than likely yeah. in a small it, winery. It, yeah, it'll hurt anyway. But uh, it's just I don't know. It's, you, it's, uh, you would say, you know, thank you for cleaning up half of it so quickly. It didn't hurt the aquatic life. And yeah. you lost, you know, three over three, four or five million dollars in your loss of wine. You know, I see you're yeah. trying to do stuff to take care of it. Don't let it happen again. Yeah. You know, but they yeah. won't do that. Yeah. Aquatic life at a nice little party over the weekend. And uh, yeah. I don't know what, you know, for all we know, it, it, there could be fish bodies flowing to the you know top of the water. I don't know yeah, what, what happens to them. Don't know what happened there. Yeah. I just yeah, saw that the report right. just came out. It happened back in January, and the report just now came out. That's mm. oh, I don't remember yeah. seeing anything in January around that time when you know oh. about it. So, oh. oh well. Okay, I guess we'll uh, just call it a show. Our next one is going to be the first of October. Wow, wow. we are. Wow, yeah, already in October. And, already uh, in October. <laughs> Wow, so that, that's already on us. Uh, we will uh, return then at. Hmm? Oh, I just need to look and see about uh, getting a haunted program on sometime in October. We haven't done that in a couple of years, and had some good ones. We had uh, the winery no, down here. Uh, was it bunk, bunker or? Um, uh, yeah, bunker. Bunker Hill. Bunker Hill. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, yeah. we had Belvoir uh, that was on Belvoir in Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, and then we there, had so. that one in, in Virginia where <clears throat> the girl wow. didn't want to talk to us inside the winery because she said it's haunted. I'm not going to oh. sit in there by myself at night. So we had that oh. one. There's some good good shows on. Um, yeah. And then so yeah, so uh, we'll we had yeah, uh, uh, um, jeez, oh, I can't. I my mind is terrible lately. Um, yeah. Neighbors, uh, Joy Neighbors from yeah, the Great Neighbors. Joy Neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Joy Neighbors. Yeah. I haven't talked to her in a while. I might, I might try to get a hold of her and see if, I don't see know if she's still uh, doing, I don't still doing anything. Her blog hasn't been updated in a while. We need to get her on. Uh, um, yeah. It's been with her. a long time since I've seen her update her blog. I mean, I, I go back and check her every once in a while, and it's the same thing again. And so. Yeah. Right. Hope so, everything's well for. Her. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. So October first, uh, we'll be back, and uh, thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we will see you uh, next week and uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, and uh, Twitch, and whoever else we're on. And be, <laughs> be safe. Yeah, be safe out there. Follow all the recommendations and. We'll drink responsibly. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Mm-hmm.